Mother's Day is such a prestigious day of the year where we take our time to celebrate all mothers for their endless hours of selfless service and just being the backbone of all families. So if you're unsure what you want to give your mother and you're located in the Stockbridge, Atlanta area, head over to at NotYourAverageBerry on Instagram where you will find custom variety dessert boxes full of sweet surprises. Make sure you use the code BAM4, that's B-A-M-4, to receive a discount of 10% off your order. So hurry while this limited Mother's Day special lasts. What's going on? Welcome to the official podcast of The, the Collection, Collection Plate with, with Bam and Raphael, where we know all money ain't good money. This week on the main line, tune in with me as we catch up with Bam at their event field spring break vacation to Miami. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> Can we please get some normalcy, please, in these phone <laughs> conversations? Because I cannot. <laughs> what the fuck is going on with you? Are Nigga, you... what the fuck? What the fuck was you doing down there in Miami? That's what listen. Trying to keep two motherfuckers that I call my sisters. From getting in cars with a damn stranger. Lord. Yes. So apparently when you go to Miami, you get so fucked up to the point where you just have a random conversation with groups of niggas. So picture it. Sisley. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real. Okay. So we went down to Miami. Um, it was me, Kaya, Sam, and Ra. And uh, we had such a good time. So I want to say two days before we left. Actually, two days before we left. Um, we was just walking a strip or whatever, and you know, down there the curfew is um, twelve o'clock on um, Monday through Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Thursday through Sunday it's ten o'clock, um, eight or ten, one of the two. I can't recall. But anyway, so we're walking down the strip or whatever on Collins Avenue, and Sam and Kaya are so fucked up, you know. So I'm just like watching them. Ross helping me watch them, you know, and a group of I don't know if they're like. Puerto Ricans or whatever they are, because you know Miami got a whole bunch of all of that. They got a whole bunch of mixture of things <laughs> down there. <laughs> so, next thing I know, Kai is talking to the eighteen-year-old. I said, "Nigga, you're about to go to jail because <laughs> oh this nigga's a minor. Okay. He's legal." But and then Sam is talking to the 22-year-old dude. Now, me and Ra, you know, we walking behind them as they're, you know, doing their thing or whatever. Because I ain't no CB. That's cock blocking for motherfuckers that don't know. But we just watching to make sure the girls is good. And one, it's nobody out there. Everybody's leaving. Everybody done checked out. I'm getting sleepy. My feet hurting. I'm a little bit intoxicated, but I'm not trying to be a party pooper. So I tell Ross that, look, I'm about to go ahead and order this Uber. If they're going to um, follow follow us back to the room and they do whatever they do in their room, uh-huh. that's cool. Get, get your rocks off. I, I don't give a damn. So I get the fucking Uber. Mind you, the whole time we've been down there, we've been getting Uber XLs because, like she, you know, Kai was saying, that the um, maximum is three people. So you have to get, like, a, a, a large um, Uber or whatever. Mm-hmm. The Uber pulls up. I'm getting in the car. You got Ditsy and Dory drunk as shit. Oh, not Ditsy and Dory. Ditsy. 
Kaya crazy ass. I'm looking at her. I'm like, hey, the Uber is here. Raw got in the car. I'm getting in the car. It's well, the truck. It's a um Tahoe. That fits eight people comfortably. Why the fuck would I get a big ass truck just for two people? Mm -hmm. I'm getting in the car. I say, let's go. They're going to follow us. Kaya goes, is that for us? I immediately (laughs) got 38 hot. I said, get your asses in the car. Well, we're going to go ride with them. They got a charger in the car. I said, are you fucking kidding me right now? A fucking charger? That's uh, all you want is a charger? <laughs> listen, I said, you know what? I'm sick of you bitches. I got in the car. <laughs> I got in the car. I got in the truck. And I think what started to sit in was I started to get pissed. I'm like, these motherfuckers is really getting in the car with these strange motherfuckers. We don't know them. And I told Rob, like, if I call Sam's phone, and that motherfucker go to damn voicemail. We're going to turn this damn truck around and we're going to go pick him back up. Mind you, the Uber guy, he's looking in the mirror like, should we turn back around? I said, turn this fucking truck around. <laughs> By the time. Not the getaway. Bro. Listen. I'm t- <laughs> right. <laughs> By the time I get uh, on the phone with Sam, the phone rang. I think it rang once. And she said, hello. And I'm going off. So that's what. uh. Kaya hands the phone to Sam, and Sam was like, oh, he said, get the fuck out the car. <laughs> By the time I got off the phone, we pulling up behind him, and I put my head out the window. I said, y'all got 10 fucking seconds to get in this fucking truck. We get in the truck. They so damn drunk, they don't even know what the fuck is going on. They was like, did y'all leave us? I said, yeah, you fucking right. I left y'all. <laughs> she was like, well, I'm glad you came back. They want to come to the room. I said, I don't give a fuck what y'all do. What sense does it make? I've been, we've been ordering Ubers all week, spending over $50 trying to get from one place to another. And you're going to ask me some dumbass question. Is that for us? Yeah, nigga, it's for all four of us. Let's go. So at some point, they was like, well, we don't want to hang with them no more. Because now, once you done sat down and you've been drinking, you ready to go the fuck to sleep. Right. I said, so and I said, no, these niggas is following us. They coming to get you. <laughs> What y'all promised them. Right. I don't know what the fuck y'all promised them, but that was on y'all. So our Uber turned into a getaway truck. The Uber guy's trying to lose the gentleman that's following us. We on two fucking wheels doing U-turns and donuts and shit. So I said, hey, I got an idea. I said, how about this? I said, how about you tell them to go down a specific street to park the car and meet y'all at the hotel? Because well at the Airbnb. So they was like, hey yo, that's a good idea. I said, yeah, cause bitch, I'm not fucking drunk. Y'all sitting here trying to figure out how to block them and lose them. So we eventually pulled over. They went down some street and we jumped out of the fucking Uber, ran up to the Airbnb, and I just said to block their numbers. But it was just crazy. It was fun. I had a lot of fun. It was interesting to say the least. Um, but I'm never gonna get that damn allow my friends to get that damn drunk to the point where we're on a high speed chase because niggas want some cootie cat. Child, it sounds like the girls gone wild in Miami. The city girls ain't got nothing on them. Tune in next week to see who's on the main line because clearly it ain't Jesus. So speaking of mind blowing stories. Um, I know a lot of people are talking about it and I know a lot of people are, uh, 
in shock about it. Rapper DMX has uh, passed away at the age of 50 um, on April 9th of 2021. Apparently, allegedly, you know, he tried to say that it was due to a drug overdose um, and he had suffered a, um, a over once he suffered the overdose, um, he went into a coma and he never came out of that on top of the other health issues that he was facing. But I don't really want to focus more so on his um, demons that he was fighting. I really want to talk about how he went about life at a different perspective, how he looked at a different perspective. He was very spiritual, very knowledgeable and very close with God. And every time he spoke and every time he met people, a lot of people, even people that has went to different places or people he hasn't seen in years or people haven't seen him in years, they're coming up on the net right now saying like every time I met him or when I met him, he was so positive and so genuine and so sweet and so giving. Even mm-hmm. his close friends such as um, Swiss Beats had a lot of great things to say about him. He talked about how giving he was. He talked about how um, honorable he was and just his spirit in general was just welcoming. And it, it does not surprise me because a person who has endured a lot of uh, childhood trauma which he endured a lot of um, they tend to be more aware about how life is and instead of them taking it and inflicting it on the people they choose to act the opposite of what they've been through for example um, uh, when he was as a as a child he was given some weed that was laced with crack or laced with a, 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 um, a crazy drug. And that right there has a lot to that has a lot to do with, you know, your health, especially as keep growing as you're growing up and how he went about just handling things, even in his goddaughter. Um, uh, I can't remember the young lady's name, um, but his goddaughter at some of the videos that they share basically they had an amazing relationship um anytime he went to like interviews he would always pray and if you know dmx he had amazing amazing prayers like and you could like he said it with so much conviction it was just like yeah this man knows who god is yeah he's dealing with his demons yeah he's been through this yeah he's been through that but it was something about the relatability coming from a person of such a rough background and it gave guys that are out on the streets and guys who grew up in the streets um a sense of hope and i kind of felt like a lot of people in the hood they looked up to him not because of his aggressive um uh approach to rap not because he was just the average black black man it was because he was relatable and how he did it he did it with such like Conviction, and you can't you you can't knock that man for that. Um, another interesting uh, story about following after his death. Um, his hometown of Yonkers, New York, um, reportedly considered honoring him with a statue or street in his memory. Um, also, the mayor says his memorial is welcomed at Yonkers Raceway, which I think is amazing. And if I'm not mistaken, mayor of Yonkers was saying that it's a good idea, but the final decision would be largely depending on what his family wants to do. 
I love that because they're not just taking this and because of their position, like we're going to do it anyway, they're considering the family. So I, I really love that. And there's so many more stories on DMX, but I just wanted to say, you know, rest in peace to him. His, his spirit and his music will definitely continue to live on throughout, you know, generations after this. So in peace to DMX. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, send my condolences to his family as well. Well, also in rest in peace news, we have Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, has died at the age of 99. The royal himself passed away on the same day as DMX did. According to the UK Daily News, Prince Charles passed away at his royal home um, on the side of Queen Elizabeth and other family members. Um, His cause of death is unknown at this moment. Uh, They're saying it's natural causes, but from what I've been knowing um, for the past years or so, Prince Charles has been up under um, a lot of heart surgeries. So it could have been allegedly a a heart issue, you know, that caused his death. Um, He died at the age of 99,000 years. So... (laughs) I mean, to look, listen. He, he does not look 100. He looked about 300. He looked like dust. <laughs> did you see that picture? That Did you see that picture that they took? Uh, I don't know. His the picture was, yeah, it was, it was, he was sitting, actually, I think when they dismissed him from the, um, the hospital and they took a front picture of like the limousine he was in. Yes. And he like, looked like. Yeah, that's the most infamous picture of his recent years. Um, but you know, crickets. Yeah, <laughs> and I, you know, from what I've heard, he wasn't all of a not nice of a person. Um, because it was alleged that he also was a part of the reason why Prince Harry and Princess Meghan left the royal palace. Um, due to his comments about their child's skin color. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's alleged at the moment. The royals have not commented. Um, on that they just. The only thing they did was get a diversity coach in the royal lineup to like help uh, push out that the royals are part of diversity and they love black people. I don't know. But rest in peace to Prince Charles. I really don't like that. Let me clear that up. Not Prince Charles, Prince Philip. (laughs) They got so many damn different princes and princesses and queens. Oh, we, but no, um, the reason why we are going to speak, uh, lightly on that is because here's the thing you have people in this earth on this earth who are looked at as horrifying or criminals because of the pigment of their skin. But you also have people who actually show that they're horrible people and they do horrible things and they feel like they're not able to be talked about at the end of the day, Prince, what is it? Philip, <laughs> Philip, um, the reason why your death was kind of like a mm-hmm. laughing because it looked like you went through hell. It looked like you went through hell because you gave other people hell. I didn't feel that DMX looked like hell because he put people through hell. I feel like when he, looked he great, he, he looked a great age. And you can, and here's the thing: you can tell when a person has health issues. You know, right. um, you can tell. But you can also tell when you have been just truly shitty to people, and it shows. 
it, it shows it really do show but rest in peace for the both of them right um, and also to collaborate those stories today i want to drag the fuck out of the daily news uh newspaper please for posting on the front cover on their april 10th edition um sorrow from britain to yonkers but love royal is gone at the age of 99 and the rapper brilliant but troubled musician dies at the age of 50 now the brilliant but troubled you could just laugh at that brilliant right why he couldn't just be a brilliant musician or could have been a brilliant musician with a troubled past something something other than that but you still could have left that out right and like i i just don't understand and then the the pictures that were chosen were you know the prince uh you know got his got his hand on his hat like you know tipping off to um the public and then you have dmx here with the a skull cap on, you know, and look, he's looking, he's like, he's mean mugging. The prince is smiling, but DMS is mean mugging. Um, they could have found one of him smiling as well. You know, they, they always depict us to be out, to be these mean, uh, angry black people. Right. Um, you know, we, we do have some anger in us and it's because of shit like this. I wouldn't even say we have anger in us. I feel like, let's just be clear. We, we are depicted that way because a hit dog is going to holler. And what does that mean? That means for years, people of the Caucasian descent has terrified or tormented black people for years. And you see what happens is when you starve a dog and then you actually go to feed it, it's not a, it's, there's nothing that's stopping that dog from biting your damn hand off. Mm-hmm. And that ties into a hit dogs on hollow when you know you've done people wrong for a long time. What tends to happen is you're going to try to fix what you've done before it gets too bad. So it's easy for them to say, oh, black people angry. Yeah, bitch, we do got the right to be angry because for years, this is what you've done. And right now, it's easy for people to comment certain people who don't give a fuck, black people who don't give a fuck and paint them as angry or um, raging uh, individuals or savages. If you if you keep picking at somebody, that's how they gonna be. But I don't. I'm not. No, nah, I'm not gonna go for. Oh, it's you know because black people be, be painted as angry because we got anger in us. No, this stems from years ago. Right. And you can call it what you want to call it. I feel like we got a right to respond the way we respond to certain people. Right. And that's that, what it, but I mean, I mean, hey, that's just the end of that. Um, I know we got to move into the next topic, but I also want to say rest in peace to um, a TV star that passed away. Baldwin Hill star Ashley Jaron oh, Taylor right. passed away um, in her at the age of 30. Because she suffered from lupus and uh, a multitude of other illnesses. Yeah. I've seen that. i seen that earlier today. And she left behind her seven-year-old daughter. Mm. Um, her castmates gathered yesterday evening in remembrance of her. Um, Jaren's family will be releasing a link for fans to support her family, including her young daughter. Um, so just if you want to donate toward that, um, just head over to, I believe BT is sponsoring that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she passed away yesterday at 430. Yeah, so rest in peace to Ashley Jaren Taylor from Baldwin Hills. I know Baldwin Hills was a hit show 
it of, was of it us was. growing up as young teenagers or whatever yes it was very very much so i tell you 2021 has lacked compassion and respect thus far yes it lacks it very much and it, it's that's just crazy that's crazy speaking of drugs speaking of crazy <laughs> and drugs and drugs <laughs> A North Carolina woman arrested after her child showed to school with cocaine in her backpack. Girl. I'm girl, like what she must have used her child book bag on a on a drug run, like but but what I really don't have any questions because <laughs> what was the what was the story behind that? Like what was that? So like, is that like an accident? Like because I'm really trying to make it make sense. I mean, I read it, but I, I still don't get how. So according to the Daily Mail, Sheree Monique Beckton, 27 years old, was cuffed and booked after the resource officers attached to Trent Park Elementary School noticed what appeared to be a large amount of drugs, 260 grams of cocaine, in her child's book bag on March the 30th. Um, according to the Craven County Sheriff's Office Special Investigation Bureau, uh, they identified the drugs um, as cocaine. Sheree has been charged with felony trafficking, cocaine, felony possession with intent to sell or deliver cocaine, and a misdemeanor child abuse for allowing the child to possess over 260 grams of cocaine. Um, so there's really not a backstory on it. She just... I. I don't know if she was trying to hide it or she had to because how could a child grab the cocaine, the bag of cocaine? Well, like you said, she probably used her. Did she know she was using her child's book bag? No, I'm a, I know exactly what the fuck that happened. Allegedly. Right. <laughs> this bitch done had a piece of trade over at the house and that, that man, that man done stuffed that damn cocaine in that child book bag. Why do you always have to go to that? Like that's what you want in your life. You want it, hey y'all. He wants a trade nigga in his life. Okay, <laughs> that's what he wants. No, I don't. No, I don't. Don't. Yes, he do. For everything, this man swear he. No, a piece of trade. This a piece of trade. Stop he it. Was. She had a nigga over there that had some damn. You know, he was selling that that white, pushing that white. <laughs> All white bricks, <laughs> <laughs> right? And he putting them bricks right on the, the link in the book bag in her in the child's book bag. This is just crazy. I, you know what I, I you know what I, I I think happened. I think she put it in their child's book bag to get rid of it. Maybe how and it was. It, just hear me out. And it's easier for the story to be like, maybe the child picked it up on the way to school and they saw it in the book bag. First of all, how did they even know that the crack was in, was it cocaine? Um, yeah. How did they even know cocaine was in the child's book bag? You know what I'm saying? Like, Well, you know, um, usually when you when you have young children like that that go to preschool. Mm-hmm. Um, they check the book bag? Yeah. They ain't it's- never check my shit. Well, nowadays the teachers the teachers do check book bags, um, and they they're not just checking it; they're actually actually helping us kids take out their books and stuff, and like you know find the resources they need. What for grade them. was he in? He or she was in? Um, 
her child was in elementary school. It doesn't say what grade they were in. So maybe like, but the book bag appears to be like a like a like a pre K maybe kindergarten type of book bag for a child. I don't believe it would be a damn fifth grader, you know, <laughs> going to school with cocaine in a book bag, unless the mother was a uh, allegedly a cocaine, you know, addicted person. And that child just well, grabbed it. Look like she do cocaine. Maybe that child was trying to sell it if they was old. If they, if they had sense enough to do it. <laughs> so she's twenty seven, and this you and this is in elementary school. I'm gonna say that child is no more than like five or six, maybe five or six. So she was like twenty two when she had him, him or her. Um, and that's from assumption, yeah. But <laughs> we don't know for sure. Um. Yeah, this is this is a wild story. I just yeah, I'm I would like to know more. Me too. Story. And we're gonna be we're gonna bring it. We're gonna bring you definitely bring that back. All the all the um tea on that. I'm trying to. I'm twenty. Mm. The creator of the track star dance was left out of the official video. He claimed someone didn't want to work with him because of his sexuality. So apparently, um, the track star song artist, nobody really knew who he was or never really heard a song until um, a gentleman, um, he started a challenge on TikTok, right? Right. The, the, the dance creator is named uh, City Boy J. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he, he basically made this dance really famous on TikTok. You know, TikTok is the realm of um everybody's now, music careers now and um so uh <laughs> cardi b <laughs> making this thing <laughs> but <laughs> um the creator, favorite is not my favorite is not your favorite keep it moving oh, soon, soon and very soon this way <laughs> hot girl some of that but um the creator of the dance was uh city boy j and the artist of the song is mooski so Muski then had a um, a video shoot over the weekend, and you know people were wondering where is City Boy J because he made this song very famous, and for you to make shoot a video without him would be like just you know not even right. So Muski came back and said it's because of his sexuality. Here's my thing. Okay. And yes, and some people may disagree with what I'm about to say. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Nobody owes you anything. You get what I'm saying? Nobody yeah. owes you a bitch ass yeah. thing. And I'm gonna tell you why, because if you are out here creating a business and you are out here running a business and you did it on your own. And that's matter of fact, no, I'm gonna use this for an example. If you never had a lot of money and then you just hit it big or you've been busting your ass and you've started making huge lump sums of money and then these unknown family members or family members that haven't supported you for years come up and say oh you know we family so and so they feel like they're entitled to receive some of that financial flow that you're getting no i don't owe you i don't owe you shit i don't owe you nothing yeah you birthed me yeah you raised me but what is that i went out here and made it i made it happen for myself Mm -hmm. now i will say for him to for him not to at least acknowledge the reason why 
your song became a hit, it, it is kind of fucked up. I know it's a double-edged sword. I know it sounds contradicting, but life in this world is a big-ass contradiction. That's, that's all he had to do was at least acknowledge. Acknowledge him. Now, I will say, be, dude, the reason why you're making all this money off of this song is because of this challenge that he started because nobody knew nobody was checking for you right not like that until it happened um i feel like he should have kept his personal feelings out of it he should have kept a professional like just say i just didn't want to i think that you would have i think that people would respect you i think people would have looked at you differently if you just said i just didn't want to but then again there's some people who got no filters and they're gonna say how the fuck they feel i didn't want him up there because he was gay it's unfortunate but that's just that's just what it is and that's another thing gays please stop trying to have you know the heterosexual community support uh, you. accept us and support us because we have our own we have our own glow and like our own talent about us so our own platform we don't they, we don't need them we really they don't never, they will never understand us they won't I, I don't believe they ever will i mean some some does you know we have friends that you know that agree with our choices and you know things like that but stop trying to have them accept us because it's too many it's too many positions in the tv world and music world for us to fulfill um and we can start our own shit honestly like a I don't lot, to be honest a lot even even white people even you know even white gays a lot of these fashions that these heterosexuals are wearing are and are sponsoring it okay. comes from LGBTQ plus. Yes. So with that being said, we don't we don't have to. And here's the thing: if you keep forcing something on somebody, what tends to happen is they become annoyed, and then they just they don't like it anymore. They already have a hidden feeling about it, but they they tolerate. There's a difference between tolerating and accepting things. They mm-hmm. tolerate us because they know that the bulk of their supporters come from the LGBTQ plus yeah. community. But when you sit here and you force it on somebody, then it makes it even harder. I'm not, we're not saying, oh, not be yourself. Please don't get that misconstrued. We're not saying that at all. What we're saying is stay in your lane, perfect your lane, and don't, and one, don't allow nobody to come into your lane without signaling. And if you're trying to leave out of your lane to go do something for yourself, show the same courtesy. We're not saying you have to walk on eggshells. We're saying, if you already created a lane and you want to create another one, merge over, right. get you some space, get you some real estate, and then you grow Start from there. Start taking lane. That's it. Like if you don't, if like stop, and that go for anybody. If somebody yeah. don't like something or somebody that that don't want to do something, don't try to force it on them because then when they retaliate and they say something, then oh they wrong, they're mm-hmm. hating me, they're disrespecting me. They're doing X, Y, Z, and that's that's not even the case. If you keep prying and you keep poking, that's what happens. But we're not comparing what the gentleman did that started the um the um the challenge. Do we feel like he should have been acknowledged? Yes. That's that is the that's main that's the only thing. <laughs> that's the only thing he should have been acknowledged because whether you people want to believe it or not, it's already hard for gay people in general to even start a business not because not because of well one because if you're black and you're gay you know it is what it is but because of the stigma for years how people look at gay people 
we already fighting against that so why would you go and put trouble why would you go and put more trouble on top of what you already promised and it sucks that you got to start from the up under the totem pole just to get at the bottom of the totem pole to work your way up and and it's and it's also crazy you know to to be living in that triple entendre i must say of being black gay and living in america it's you know uh just shout out to city boy jay for making this song you know bigger bigger than what it was on tiktok and you know pushing it out to be a better song um but that's another thing like we we always stream out black lives matter this black lives matter that but all all of us being black and not coming together is not black lives matter if if you just thinking black lives matter is just you know being black black has a a multitude of things from being gay to being straight to being bisexual to being um an entrepreneur to being a a cashier at a grocery store it it, is we just fulfill so many different positions in this world and for us not to come collectively as one no matter other sexuality of um you know your career and what job you have and how much money you have you know until we all become one shit is not going to change and yeah just stop downing each other because if we keep doing that we're not going to ever grow we can't we can't grow doing that people don't want to grow people don't and that's something else too we can't wait till we find a a, find a time to just leave their ass behind and move forward and another thing everybody can't go with you when you win that's okay that's okay to leave people behind they'll still be there if they're doing the same shit and we're not saying to you know oh i'm gonna just be you know i want to treat like a charity case like you know that's just might be that's there that's what they need that's where they need to be at but again like you said with the black lives matter situation if being black is it then why segregate and break it down into different uh communities of black types of people right if black if all of the black people lives matter that goes for your light-skinned black your dark-skinned black your in-between blacks your straight your gays your females your men homeless family all of that so it's like we have to get to a place where it's not just like oh you just a black man or black woman that's it no all of the matter because the last time i checked when they was out there marching i didn't just see all black men and all black women i seen all types of black people from different walks of life that's what i saw but again like you said shout out to city boy for um stepping up and going against the grain and they, making your voice be heard right and just living in his truth so another crazy incident that has happened again in America <laughs> is a LA woman waiting to merge lost her patience in a hurry. She pointed a gun out the window, threatened to kill people, and fired the weapon. So, road rage. I think we all are guilty of it. Yeah, I do it every day. All off our cool. Done honked the horn a few times, probably sped past them and gave them a nasty look, a death look. But to go to the extent of pointing your gun out the window, 
because you was trying to make merge and you punch your gun out the window, then you then you fired your weapon, the gun. I'm I'm in disbelief. And guess what? A black woman. Right. But <laughs> you know, she's just not a black woman. She's a crazy black woman in this case because she made statements, um, and this these were statements uh taken in by TMZ. Mm-hmm. Uh, the woman claims she's the ex of Offset. She also says Beyonce stalks her. And she also says Cardi steals her music and everyone in the industry is after her. Uh, and that's just a clear case of delusional behavior because... Clearly. Um, <laughs> Beyonce, I don't believe Beyonce is talking nobody. And Cardi may, Cardi, may, Cardi may steal some music, but I don't know. All right, here you go again with that. Here you go again with that. I ain't saying nothing about your favorite, so don't start, start talking about mine. Up, up, up. Word, okay. Where's your favorite? She's on hiatus. And why is that? She's making an album. That she's sending to her newborn baby. I think she really needs to make a better album this time around. Pushed out a better album this time because why your feature is better than your actual album because uh, she made okay so we're gonna continue we're gonna move on we're gonna definitely move on we're gonna do a half a million on every feature we're gonna move on thank you because um again like I said your feature should be better than your album just saying next exactly (laughs) next um so this can did she take medicine okay i'm gonna just go ahead and get into the next one little mama reveals she's tried reaching out to jay-z and alicia after infamous vma performance why is she still reaching out to them i'm sick of this whole did we just talk about her in the last episode yeah i think she was um upset with the gay people about something yes she's trying to start a damn heterosexual anti-bullying um little civil rights she needs a fucking nap she needs a nap an extended nap <laughs> now for you to reach out to Jay-Z and Alicia try at least try to reach out to Jay-Z and Alicia Keys I guess to apologize there was no apologizing needed for that because you was just dead ass fucking wrong like well in her, in her defense because you know I gotta be devil's advocate in her defense uh I, there was an interview that she did and she was talking about actually she did it with the breakfast club there we go mm-hmm. and they did jump on her neck about it or whatever but she was like man you gotta understand what i was going through i just lost my mom and shit was going left x y and z now that could have been that's just like kanye west when he lost his mom he lost his damn mind too because this nigga ain't been right since right. and i don't know if it's a um a losing a parent thing one person of a person that understands that would be myself as well but i ain't went out here and did no crazy shit for real for real. i ain't jumped on nobody's stage i ain't you know what I'm saying said that i need to be in the next bible because that's what your home that's what your homeboy kanye said and then little mama jumping on stage looking crazy but that then was it like a, a tube top that she had on uh, i don't know what that girl had that on. was like years ago but yeah yeah, back in 2009 at the BMAs. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, I graduated. Yeah, years. <laughs> but, I mean, I understand why she went up there because, you know, New York is her hometown and mm-hmm. she felt, you know, she just felt the, the vibes, I guess, that night. And she felt it by herself. 
<laughs> Clearly, because nobody else jumped on this stage but her. And Jay Z and Alicia Keys did annoy the fuck out of her the whole time. They kept it professional. They they they. It didn't look like they was disgusted. They were just they just. Child, child, they, said, they said Beyonce even tried to stop her from getting on the stage. Oh, <laughs> allegedly. But little mama, you have to just time and a place, baby. Time. I think this is kind of her way to try to stay irrelevant for some reason. I mean, stay relevant. I mean, stay relevant. Yeah, because she is irrelevant to me. But this is her way of trying to stay relevant in the media. Um, because I, I do know she is on growing up hip hop, or, or or she was. She was because yeah, yeah. She she was up there. I mean, and that's something. Why would you be on the same show as Bow Wow? Huh? Why would, that's the same show of, as Bow Wow. Yeah. Yeah. When they already compare her to Lil Bow Wow. I would have had to do a double take every time they turned that damn TV show on. Like, hold on. Who's, 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 who's. <laughs> the twins. The twins. We gonna stop. We stop. Yeah, yeah because I, now, now I'm bullying her uh, from what she says. That's not bullying. That's not bullying. You, made <laughs> That's not like you did that to yourself, Miss Mama. You did that to yourself. <laughs> And only thing we're doing is speaking. If we're speaking on the fact that you did that to yourself, nobody has nobody's to blame for that but yourself. So yeah. my condolences go to little mama and her and her um her mental state because it has to be a mental thing that she's going through. Like just just being honest, um, uh, I really feel like it's something that she is dealing with. Wow! So there actually is a video. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> of Beyonce trying to stop her. Beyonce was just laughing, like, girl, what is she doing? Oh my god. So little mama did release a statement. We're gonna leave it alone after this. She um she commented on a fan in the comments, um, of her comments saying, I thought they canceled you back when you jumped on the stage with Alicia and Jay-Z. She then commented back at the fans saying, You made a valid point. Your opening statement, shaking and contrary to it. However, you made a valid point. I entered this industry as a teenage black girl from Brooklyn in Harlem, New York. These situations are with mature adults, at least 10 years my senior. I reached out in private to create an opportunity for communication and clarity. I haven't heard back from either party yet. With that, continuously misrepresenting. Listen, misrepresenting. <laughs> right, girl, I can't get it out. Misrepresenting my brand in public won't be tolerated. Besides, he's missing the point. Mm. So, I mean, I, I don't feel like there's no need for an apology at this time because it's it's over a year, a decade of, you know, that was just a, a infamous... 11 years ago. Yeah, so girl, get over it. Need promo for your business or services here on the Collection Plate Podcast? We have hundreds of thousands of new monthly listeners waiting to hear about the hottest new thing. Email us at askthecollectionplate at gmail.com and be sure to include your name, your business name, and website or social media page in the email inquiry. We understand the struggle of small business promotion. That's why we're here to help. Again, that's askthecollectionplate at gmail.com. Advertise with us today. Our main topic. Fragile masculinity and toxic masculinity. 
It's all about being yourself. So this topic came up because I feel like outside of everything that's going on in the world, which is madness, um, I wanted to get back to what is it that triggers people or make people think that, especially men, makes them think that if they have less than someone or if they are louder than someone or if they you know sag their pants the lowest or make the most money in the household or just whatever it is that this stigma is like why do men feel like they have to go overboard with being a man so fragile masculinity came up in a conversation that me and um, Raphael was talking about um I remember you was telling me some guy was holding the door for you or or you held the door for him. So what had happened was mm-hmm. <laughs> I was coming out of this Jamaican restaurant um, and, you know, coming out the door, usually that person that's entering um, from the other side will hold the door for you or or vice versa. You know, you coming out and you try to hold the door for the person that's coming in. So I was coming out with my food in hand and I had both my hands were full. So um, there was this white gentleman that uh, was coming inside the restaurant and he, he actually held the door for me. And I was really surprised because I've noticed like usually on a day-to-day thing, um, you know, guys guys would try to avoid holding the door for another man mm-hmm. or, you know, or they'll, or they'll do something real slick or say something real slick in a low tone of like, like, they pre- don't want to feel like they like, holding the door for you, right. basically. It's, it's, like, just, it's it, a fucking door. They do like a quick, uh, appreciate it, bro. Uh, you know, like, it's like you try to, they try to keep it so masculine, and it's like, gotcha. all, all you gotta do is say thank you. Yeah, thank you goes a, <laughs> that goes back to like, um, compliments. Mm-hmm. Why is it, why can't you tell another man, it don't matter if you black, white, Chinese, Gay, Mexican, straight. it doesn't matter. Like, as a man, the biggest muscle to flex as a man is to tell your brother or another man, whether you hang out with them a lot or not, or just another dude in general, the biggest muscle to flex is like, hey man, like I love you. I hope you're doing all right. You know what I'm saying? Like, how's it going? Or just be just be kind to one another. Because let's be clear, for a long time, for years, even in the Bible, apparently we're still stuck in this mindset that if you're a man, you're not supposed to say thank you. If you're a man, you're not supposed to, you know, give another man a compliment. That makes you gay or that makes you question. It makes you fruity mm-hmm. or whatever. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> Some other bullshit that, that has been dragged through the fucking years. Just be kind to one another. And so that's something else that gives like toxic masculinity traits. And let's be clear. Toxic masculinity traits is just another way to describe how some men who have overly masculine traits can cause harm to yourself, to other men, and unfortunately to women too because they get subjected to that type of shit. Mm -hmm. And so what tends to happen is when you sit here feeling like if someone, another man holds the door for you and you have to, how can I say it, like rough it up i can't even think of a phrase but like you said like thanks bro whatever just or i appreciate it bro just say thank you and just keep it moving when you come in and you have to 
make it all macho macho you take away the intent of it you take away like okay this dude just held up for me thank you bro i appreciate it that's it right then what happens is what makes it toxic is you sit here and you have to prove yourself to another person that oh i'm a man i'm masculine no you really don't you can just be like thanks and keep it the fuck moving and that's another reason why i really feel like another issue that i really don't like because also, shout out to guys who are getting back into the gym. And I know that can be intimidating too. Men that's getting back into the gym trying to get their stuff together, trying to get their bodies together or get their self-esteem back. Shout out to those guys going out there and they see these other men that's making all this fucking noise, grunting and screaming and hollering and throwing weights around. <laughs> Got these... Like, why? Why? It's just unnecessary. It's un- <laughs> right. It's unnecessary. Why do you have to go through that? But you know, there's... You know, that's kind of a, like a, a, a animal thing. You know, because um, <laughs> I watch a lot of Animal Planet. <laughs> and I've I seen, like, I believe I saw an episode of something where it was, like, in the safari or something. And, mm-hmm. like, a, a lion was making some type of roar, you mm-hmm. know, to, to let the other lions know that he's the head nigga in charge, basically. Correct. So, I feel like humans do the same thing with it's just exhaling and the grunting in the gym makes them feel like they're just increasing their strength or something. I don't I don't know what it is. It's like a it's like a, a alpha male call or yeah. some shit like that. It's like yeah nigga I'm getting big I'm gaining. Yeah like <laughs> why? Like you distract me. I can't fucking hear my music in my earphones. Like it's like why are you over there making all this noise? And if it's too fucking heavy, go down and wait. I'm telling you right now. But they, but they think they think that's they think that's not masculine enough. Which turns into toxic masculinity because I just okay perfect case in point. So there's this one guy. There's like a few of them that I see that when I go to the gym, um, they all I'm assuming they know each other. They they gotta know each other because some two of them is three of them. Two of them will come in at one time, or one of them will be there, and then the other two show up. Or they all three of them show up together. They disperse or sometimes they work out together, whatever. And one thing that bothers me about how they work out at times, it's like they have to, they're competing against each other. Now, I don't know if that's to get somebody's attention or they have to show who, you know, who's in charge. Now, if you're going to compete, help one another. Because half the damn time, you got the motherfucker screaming and hollering like, you, you can't lift that shit. You can't. I'm, not, I'm, I'm watching this. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, <laughs> That's what they're saying to lift, each other. Right. I'm like, oh, wow. you can't lift this shit. You can't lift it. You can't lift it. What so, you going to so do? So it's basically like a competition. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. But it's fucking annoying. Because I'm like, why can't y'all just come in the gym? Or why can't you just come in the gym, work out? And just and just spot him, like just spot him, just yeah. spot him. You know what I'm saying? Like, what what is that? <laughs> and more often than not, and I love us, it happens with a lot of black men. Why? What what is that? And then you think that they're getting the attention of the females, and half the time, let's be clear. That now I will say, some of them females in there is stacked up, and they they look real fucking strong, <laughs> extremely strong. They not paying nobody no attention. I love how females go to the gym and they work out. Some of them, they, they do a little too much. But from what I've seen, they come in there, they bust their ass, got their headphones on, got their water, 
They're working out. They're working out. They're not bending over too much. They're not, you know, being too faddish or, you know, doing extra stuff. They're actually working out. Right. I'm coming in this bitch to get fired and I'm leaving. Them girls are not paying y'all no attention. And from a gay male's perspective, I'm just going to tell you right now, bro, she's not interested. Right. Because, I mean, let's be clear. People is going to look. But they don't mean that they're actually interested in they you. They're going to look at you because you sound a fucking mess. And you look <laughs> a fool. You're going to pull something. But no, I'm saying it like, you know how people just, people look good in the gym. Mm-hmm. A lot of people look good in the gym. And just don't think everybody's interested in you just because you're in the gym with your tank top on or. You and your know, Ranger shorts. Right. You got your little short shorts on. <laughs> like <laughs> you're just doing your thing. You just, you just feel like you're the biggest nigga in the room. People are looking at you. Based off of looks or the stupidity that you're displaying, but it's really not that serious. And I, I, I really want to say, I think I have a a, a, a grasp on what causes fragile mas- masculinity. Because growing up mm-hmm. in a household, a single mother household, mm. a lot of men, not just black men, but a lot of men grew up in single mother households. Mm-hmm. And, that, and they, that's been happening for the past generations, including now. And so, men men get used to treating women a certain way, but they don't know how to treat a man, or they don't know how how to receive treatment from a man because the man isn't present in their life. So, without being being without a father, mm-hmm. they will never learn how to treat another man. Because if you don't have another man in the household that's teaching you these things, then how can you go out into the public, into the world, and that's fair. And, and do and do and say these things for other men. That that is fair. I, you know, I can't argue with that because that's fair. Because even as uh, gay black men, gay men, period, um, that don't have a father in the figure in the household, um, that does put a damper on how you treat other men or how you operate as a man yourself. Yeah, that's just so. I, I cannot argue with that. I will say at some point. You have to take some type of responsibility in acknowledging the fact that these are the things that I missed in a household. And what you could do is instead of trying to go out in the world trying to make up for time lost or for things that was absent in your life by trying to make a woman feel beneath you. Because let's be clear, I don't know, well I do know where it came from, but can we please normalize women being the head of household? Can we please normalize that and it be okay and then not... Uh, uh, compromise a man's masculinity can it be okay for a woman to do these things and it's okay because I feel like I feel like the men that were raised in single uh, mother homes I feel like they should be okay with allowing a woman to be a woman and still provide and they not question or they they not feel like oh she's over me honestly it's nobody's over nobody to be honest but see, that's the traditional bullshit that yes, we've, been, we've been dealing yeah. with for centuries now. Yeah, you know? that's why I say, can we normalize? Yeah, can we get? Can we please? Can we please get rid of? Can we please get rid of? I don't know how to say it. Like I feel like, can we just get rid of the the compromising of a man's masculinity? There's nothing that can make weaken your masculinity. Other than honestly, I feel like it's just just them as a person. Because like I said, if you take responsibility for things that you lacked growing up as a young boy or what you saw growing up, you know what wrong looked like. So why would you go out in the world 
exuding the same thing that you was exposed to. Now I get it. It's it's, it's what is that called? Like a um a pathology. What you see is what's a possibility you will become. What you're exposed to, you may exude that to somebody else. I get that. So if that's the case, why can't you go get yourself some fucking help? If you don't know how to ask for help, why can't you look at your situa- situation or listen to people on the outside and saying, hey, I noticed this behavior in you. Or like, just take the time to assess that. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, it's hard for a lot of men to do that because that's just something they're used to. And a lot of men, a lot of men are not open-minded to a lot of things. And so when they, when they go out into the world and they're talking to other men, they feel like the other man has been what they've been through, which is mm-hmm. never the case. It's kind of hard to say. It's it's really this. I feel like what we're trying to what we're trying to highlight is if you're listening to this and you're a man and you are in a space of trying to figure out that balance of still feeling prideful because as a man we are prideful beings. Um, you're trying to find a balance. It's really simple. It's really easy to find a balance. How do you do that? By acknowledging that you are a man, one, two. If or when there's an opportunity for you to um, explore other revenues of your masculinity, it's okay to do so. Such as opening the door for another man. Because let's be clear, that doesn't make you weak as a man. That makes you courteous. It makes you kind. It makes you respectable. It makes you noble. It make, it just It's just an overall gesture that you do for somebody. Take away the gender. Ask yourself, would you want somebody to hold the door for you if you was coming in? How about this? What if you had a handful of groceries? You know, guys, they like to, not, they like to make one trip from the car to the house. And I, 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 I'm guilty of that. I don't give a fuck. I'm not about to sit here and break my arm. No, I'm going to just do what I got to do. I pull that shit up on my, on my arm. <laughs> not doing it. At least ten ba- at least five bags per arm. Now, I grab as much as my hands can hold. Like, you know, six in one hand, five, whatever I can hold. But if I have to make double chips, I'll do that. Would you want a, Would you want somebody to hold the door for you? The answer is yes, because you need some fucking help. If you see another man clearly and, like, dis- distraught. Or struggling, or struggling with something, go over there and check on him. That's how you explore different revenues and to see if am I am I fragile. Let's let's be clear, am I a fragile man? Not physically, but mentally and emotionally. Am I fragile? I can't go over here and help somebody. And when you help them, you don't have to macho it up like, hey, bro, are you good? You all right? You good to go. And if you're that type of man that do need some help, that does need help, and another man approaches you and says, hey, do you need some help? Don't shun him away and be like, dog, I got this, da-da-da-da. Accept the fucking help and then move on from it. Because you never know how that could help the both of you. And it doesn't make you weak as a man because you're you're allowing the help. Yep. It's It's just you need fucking help, nigga. So my question is, Okay, so why is it that it's okay to get help from a woman, but it's not okay to get help from a man? Now, the reason why I said question is because it just it just came to me. So, men who get help from women, especially women that's taking care of them, that's okay because they feel like a woman is beneath them. Like her, that's that's a woman. She, I, she's supposed to help me. She's supposed to wait on me hand and foot. No, the fuck, she's not. But if a man does it, it 
makes you feel like your your manhood is questioned because a man who is equal to you has helped you. Why is it that something that's soft and feminine that helps you is okay, but something that's your equal is not supposed to help you? And that's another thing that makes men feel like their masculinity is weakened or compromised. And that's some toxic shit too. That's toxic. Suppressing your emotions. Men, please stop doing that. Talk to somebody. Speak about that shit. Because if you don't, that when you do not, when you suppress things, only thing you're doing is numbing yourself to the shit that's actually going on in the now. And then what happens is over time, it just is like you pushing dirt up under a rug. Eventually, that rug is going to start to raise up off that damn ground because all that fucking dirt is up under there. And somebody, somebody's going to come around and they're going to ruffle that, that rug and all the dust and shit going to go everywhere. The dust represents all the shit that you've been suppressing. Someone coming in, messing up that rug or hitting that rug the wrong way and that dust come out, that's called life. Because life is going to come out of no fucking where. And then the after effect, which is you sneezing, coughing, dust all over the place. That's your reaction to you suppressing your fucking feelings. That means you might explode up on somebody. You might go off on somebody. Hell, you might do something to yourself. You might cause bodily harm to yourself. If you, if you take the initial situation or issue firsthand, you don't have to worry about feeling like, oh, well... I'm not a man or whatever. I, I don't. I really wish we can get out of that. Then you got trying to appear tough that go hand in hand with the gym situation or just because. Let's be clear. A lot of I know. I'm pretty sure I know for a fact. Uh, women don't sit there and debate whether they're woman enough. Yes, to do something like, like so. So what's the problem with, <laughs> with men thinking I'm I've not man enough? I've never heard a woman be like. Girl, I'm not woman enough. I'm, I'm, or I'm, you know, I'm. You might hear like something like, "Am I a good mom?" Or yeah, "Am I a good wife?" Right. Or you know, but you, I, you right. I've, I've never heard a woman say, never. "You know, I'm more woman than you," or "I'm like what is it? I'm more feminine than you." Right. Like they don't sit. I don't feel like females sit around. And if they do, for all the ladies that's listening to this too as well, um, if you do, I mean. Don't do that because <laughs> I don't want to have no double standard. Like, no, don't do that either. Just so, appreciate what you have. So now we said that. Let's get into women actually doing masculine things. Mm. But when a man does feminine things, it's automatically perceived as gay or, or queer. Queer or he's not a man. Right. He's not man enough. But a woman can, you know, go out here and weight lift. They they wouldn't like body build, yeah, body and stuff build like and that. Stuff like, and that. And like they can enhance their femininity to give off the trait of I'm a strong, strong. and strong is normally affiliated with man, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if a man does something that is feminine, and feminine is related to woman. That means, like, oh, that means you're soft. Yeah. Here's the thing. The reason why it's looked at that way is because sometimes some people are intimidated by other men, i.e. straight men are intimidated by gay men. I'm just going to keep it real, and I don't care who don't like it. 
straight men, quote unquote, are intimidated by gay men who are comfortable with themselves. When it comes to a woman being tapping into her masculine, it's like it's never going to be a problem. It's never going to be a problem because women have as much as the as much as society takes from them, they know how to create other stuff and the women are very creative. But when it comes to men, the reason why they say it's soft and feminine is because that's frowned upon because that's not culturally right. It's not statistically right. It's or traditionally, not traditionally right. right. That's the reason why it's going to look like he's soft or he's feminine. Because a man is not supposed to, quote unquote, um, do things that are feminine. That's just like when you said, um, like you said, like single moms. If they're running a household... They're like, oh, she's the man and a woman. Right. She don't have no choice. What what choice does she have? If there's no father figure in the household, who's providing? She is. Providing is equi- equivalent to man, because man's supposed to provide. But can we take can we take away the titles? If you take away the titles and you just have a woman providing for a household, that's just what it is. Yeah. But because by now it should be normal. That's what should that's what we've been seeing generation after generation. It should be normal. Why are we still holding on to, to the traditional man woman titles in the household? And I guess that stems from kids growing up as well, doing the little games of man and woman of the house and playing playing house, playing house <laughs> playing, basically. Yeah. Playing house. <laughs> and we all don't play some house. You yeah. know how that goes. So well, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Even as gay. Exactly. Because somebody was mama, somebody was dad. Right. <laughs> I, was, oh, I was playing mama. But. <laughs> oh, no. I'm fucking screaming. But I, anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is it all stems from either childhood experience or just overall seeing your, par- your parents or your parents in the household and what they taught you from their daily choices and what they do around the house so and for those i wanted to touch on uh, toxic masculinity for those who don't know exactly what toxic masculinity is um it's such things as using or threatening violence controlling others acting aggressively suppressing emotions which we've been talking about uh trying to appear tough from gym motherfuckers <laughs> Treating sex as competition. We ain't speak on that. Oh, we about to get to it. We about to get into some things. <laughs> and then feeling entitled to sex from others. Oh my God, that's a huge one. So, I'll just talk about treating sex as a competition. And that goes for straight and gay men. I guess, honestly, it comes honest. And I'm gonna, and hopefully you can follow me when I say this. I know it sounds crazy. Um, so, you know... Back okay, if anybody's seen 300, any of these Greek mythology movies, if you notice, a lot of times sex was looked at as a sport, it was looked at as just a thing to do, it was like another sport thing to do. Um, it didn't matter if it was, it didn't matter if it was a um, male on male, male on female, female on female, sex was just a huge thing. But as far as treating sex as a competition. It's like if you've had more sex with this many females, and if you are a gay male, oh, I've, I've got I got this much cheeks in during this time period or whatever. It's like 
the more sex you have, the more it makes you as a man. But let's be clear. It really doesn't. If anything, it weakens your flesh because you exchange the energies with so many people to the point where you don't even have you don't have identity for yourself. Right. Which in returns you have to keep you have to keep having sex to make up for that loss of self. That's the reason why they want to keep competing. But then you got some guys, oh I just fucked six bitches in the past three days. You need to go to the doctor, sir. <laughs> because half the time I'm pretty sure y'all not even y'all not even sure. using protection. Or going to check to be tested. And y'all you can just, have it and don't even know that you got it. Like that's you have to like Y'all just feel like if y'all getting pussy or if you get or you, you get, get cheeks. You cheeks. <laughs> that's all that matters. Like you just feel like you you got the best dick in the world and that's it's not it's not cute. And it's not a competition. It's, I will hope that and we're and what I what we're not trying to say is if you are single this goes for people that are single. If you are single and you feel like you got to keep having a whole bunch of sex to keep up or keep yourself relevant, please find another way to keep yourself relevant. Because I'm telling you right now, doing that is not going to have you stand out as the most masculine man. Masculine man, Because from what I'm seeing now is, I will say, based off of, if you take away the whole OnlyFans uh fucking saga shit that's going on that's a whole other topic for another day if you take away all these other sex platforms i will say there are a lot of guys out there who are like i don't want to have sex with nobody until i'm married or i'm just mm-hmm. cleansing myself and that's okay that doesn't make you weak either if you don't have sex that doesn't make you weak either celibate celibacy <laughs> is the best thing to do and self-love is a beautiful thing too it really is. shout out to all <laughs> those who show yourself self-love yes Self-love is the best love. Because trying to get love from others uh, will have you sitting, somebody, <laughs> sitting in somebody's corner rocking back and forth. Because it will drive you <laughs> fucking crazy. But yeah, I mean, trying to receive love from others and um, that shit drives you into a, 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 some type of anxiety or depression. Mm-hmm. And then another thing about toxic masculinity just use trying to use your power over another woman or a man or just overall trying to seem like you're just in control a man doesn't always have to be in control about everything allow if you if you have a wife or a girlfriend allow that woman to have some input as well because I'm sure she's providing as much as you're providing in the household as well if you both have jobs. So just keep that in mind. Um, And I feel like this was a great topic. Yeah. And don't forget, too, as a man, you don't have to feel like because you're a man, you are entitled to receive sex from somebody. Because you're not. It doesn't matter what you got swinging between your legs. It, It does not matter. You're not entitled to receive sex from nobody. Nobody has to give you anything. So don't go out here trying to take it from people either. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's too much. Just 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 be yourself. Please be yourself. But, but in being yourself, just be cognitive that there's other people mm-hmm. that who aren't as confident as you are. And instead of trying to step on them to increase your masculinity, help them. It's okay as a man to receive help. It's okay as a man to talk about your feelings. It's okay as a man 
to allow to to allow a woman to be the head of house uh, right. be the head of household, or to even just express emotions at all. Period. <laughs> I know a lot of men say I, real men don't cry, and that's another thing. What is this real man thing? I I, I just don't understand what. That. What makes a what makes a man a real man? Yeah, see, we we gonna have to get in. Yeah, that's we gonna have to talk about. That's gonna be, a, that's gonna be another. We try to keep this at thirty minutes, but we just we gonna slide this one in right quick. Yeah. So on my Facebook, I well no, it was actually on all my social media accounts. I had did a TikTok challenge of the bit bait challenge, um, <laughs> and this is where I. Everybody know what the Big Bang Challenge is. Yeah, if you go look it up on TikTok, you'll see what it is. But basically, I turn around and I... The challenge consists of... (laughs) Because you can't see, I don't know why. I pulled out my pants and my butt jiggled in a slow motion, right? So I received commentary on Twitter um, from an older white gentleman. I don't know where he came from. I I don't even follow him. But he commented and he said, you know, real men don't do this. And I'm like... Real man, like I, I'm a man. <laughs> I don't consider myself a woman at all. Um, my pronouns are he, he, him, um, or whatever. Men, so, man, right. boy. So I'm like real man. So then I took it to my Facebook and I start asking people on my Facebook like, what is a real man? That's the question I asked. And you know, people just start coming and saying, you know, a real man is the person that takes care of the household and provides for the household. Traditional. Yeah, the traditional bullshit that we was just talking about. Mm-hmm. So out there, if if you understand what a real man is, I would like for you to comment it in um in either one of the platforms that we are using and just let us know what you think a real man is. But But just be mindful right. of the question. If you take, and this is the challenge. This is this is where the challenge comes in. When we say we want your opinion on a real man, we want you to do this as well. Take away, because I like I like to challenge people. Take away the traditional, the the culturally the culturally and traditionally correct uh, title. Take away all of that. Take away what you know in the Bible. Take away. Everything that society has said a real man is supposed to be. Take that away. And I promise you, we're not going to really get any um, comp- opinions because guess what? They're going to base it. A lot of people base real men uh, definition off of society, traditional, and the culture. And religion. And religion. If you take away all of that. What do you have? Just a regular man, right? right. But I want I just a regular see, human. Right. I want to see how creative the you know the listeners can get because I because it because we will be we will, we're gonna watch we're gonna see and we're gonna respond and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Ralph may not say it but I'm gonna say like no this is based off of that right yeah so take time out to do that if you listen to this right now go ahead and get into the comment sessions and let us know. What is a real man? Um, this has been a great topic. I feel like, you know, and even if you have any commentary about the topic that we did today, mm-hmm. you just want to add more onto it, you can. Um, we thank you guys so much for listening. This has been another episode of the Collection Plate Podcast. Woo, woo, woo. Come on, y'all. And Let's hear it. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Bye. Thank you all for tuning in to another podcast episode of the Collection Plate with Bam and Raphael. Don't forget to check us out on all podcast streaming platforms such as Apple, Google, Stitcher, and Amazon. 
We cannot wait to talk to y'all next week with all new church announcements and earworthy discussions. So keep listening and let the church say amen.